8.30 in the morning. We promised you Phil Rosen this morning. Phil, of course, has many distinctions. Um, he's vice chair of birthright. Uh, he's vice chair of birthright. He's a board member at Yeshiva University and vice chair of the Republican Jewish Coalition. Also, as we get set to talk about the election that's happening five days from now, remember that Phil is a chairman emeritus of the Could USA. That is the same political party as the current prime minister of Israel. Phil Rosen, welcome back to JM in the AM. Hi, Nachum. Beautiful selection of music <laughs> to uh, precede my. Uh, my discussion. I Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, makes us feel even better uh, having music as the general staple of JM and the AM. Thank you for that. Well, You're Phil, welcome. I, I got to give you credit, and and we've seen each other a lot over the last month. So we've had an opportunity to you know to toss one line uh, one line analyses about the election at each other, and I got to give you credit because um, as you know, the moment BB went in this direction, the moment it became obvious that he became an advocate for another 2019 election. I thought it was a tremendous calculated error. And and you'll recall that I told this, I said this to you, and I, and I got the feeling that the general electorate in Israel would drift away from him as a choice because of, again, this you know impression that he'll, he's doing everything in his power to, to stay in power, let's put it that way. And I think, and I, and I assume you'd agree, based on today's evidence, we don't know what we're going to say five days from now when the, when the real evidence you know, is out there, but I think you'd agree that exactly the opposite has happened and that it seems that those who've been undecided or those who did go with smaller parties the first time around in 2019 are now gravitating to him. Do you agree with that analysis? A hundred percent. I think... Um... I think what's become obvious, you know, the first time that this election took place, um, Blue and White tried to give the impression that their policies and their positions um, are going to be identical to uh, Bibi's positions, but not Bibi. And uh, that was their campaign, is that we're exactly the same, but instead of getting Bibi, you get... Uh, uh, generals that you've trusted for many years. Right. That's just not true. It's just not true. It's the the difference and the separation between the Likud position, which is way more than just Bibi. It's it's an entire half of the Israeli electorate. Um, the difference between that and what Blue and White is emphasizing um, run in many many different ways, including the fact that. Um, the blue and white team um, is uh, includes somebody who's clearly anti-religious and wouldn't sit, declared that he wouldn't sit in the government with religious parties, mm-hmm. and that's Lapid. You also have in that grouping, you have Lieberman, who is the cause of this, what is it, $3 million or $5 million expense of rerunning the elections, and the sole reason for that is his own ego and his own desire to uh, someday become the prime minister. And he is anti-religious. So you got, you got the religious part. You've got the fact that not one person in the blue and white party um, has had any relationship with any world leader. Not one person in the blue and white party or their grouping has had any experience in bringing the greatness of Israel out into the world, like the technology, the fact that Israel is now 
the number two um, party in the world in terms of the advancements in all sorts of areas of technology and, and, and great business uh, uh, developments. Also, the fact that uh, Bibi has, for the first time in Israel's history, made countries like India and China um, and even Russia um, much more um, much more amenable to um, to doing things together with Israel. Right. I mean, India is now a good friend. The others are going in that direction. Oh, or look. At least yeah, I mean, that's, that, 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 that's a point we never stop making, and you're so right. You're actually making two really important points here. I want to deal with the first one, though, first. Uh, is Lieberman today in September in a better position or worse position? Is His, his, his ability the first time around to, to hold the election hostage, which essentially I think, certainly from your perspective, I'm sure, is what he did. Is he stronger, yep. is he stronger now or weaker now politically? So I think when he first brought down the government, he was stronger, and all the polls seem to indicate that. But as people are getting used to who he is, they're less um, inclined to vote for him, and I think he's going to be equal to or less than, um, but somewhere in the range of what he got in the last election, which was way below what he had um, the election a few years ago. And I think part of the reason for that is that, you know, the bulk of his audience is Russian. The Russians don't necessarily feel the same way that he does about a slew of positions. Um, One of the things that uh, is really important to recognize is that Lieberman has made announcements about dividing Jerusalem, about his desire to do whatever it takes to bring peace. This is, this is going way back to, um, to merits and some of the other positions that have been taken over the years. Um, Lieberman would do whatever it needs, what he needs to do to, uh, to satisfy you know, his, himself. And that's the selfishness of Lieberman goes way beyond you know, most politicians. And, that, and, that's the, and, and that's not satisfactory to the even somebody from a Russian background who has a Likud leaning politically. That's right. I think the, the Russians are now um, heading in the direction of voting with the Likud group of parties, whether they vote for Likud directly, which many of them will, or they vote for um, Shaked, or they vote for one of the other um, parties in that grouping, because they don't want to divide Jerusalem. Yeah. You know, it's funny. They I, don't want to, yeah, I'm it, sorry. No, they they also don't want the offensive um, approach towards um, towards the religious. Right. That's just not fair. Right. You know, it's funny. A month ago, and you know this because you know we, we like I said we've discussed some of this. A, a month ago it was like uh, I I I wasn't sure that the average voter who um, traditionally would not vote for Bibi, you know, would switch this time around. But frankly, including last night, where I where I had dinner with Israelis who were visiting the United States, for the first time they're going to be doing that. For the first time they're going to be leaving, whether it's their religious small parties or their political small parties, and voting for Bibi with this with with what you just described, either the security issue being you know foremost on their minds or. This, you know, look how he deals with the world issue, which, you know, again, as you described, is so is so prominent and important these days. So the proof's in the pudding. Five days before yeah. the election, my research says 
that he may end up with bigger numbers than anybody thinks. But, but, one thing we know about Israel, we have to really wait till Tuesday night to see if that happens. But I, I would bet, and, and it's no secret that you speak to him and other Likud leaders on a regular basis, I would assume there's a, a great air of confidence going into this weekend. Would that be accurate? Well, I think it's confidence, but it's also um, they, they're putting out um, every one of the Likud senior staff, senior members, is going out into the different towns, different cities, different villages to try to get people to come out and vote, number one. And number two, as you said, to switch from the smaller parties to Likud because the strength of Likud is what forces Ruby Rivlin to ask Likud to form a government, and that has to be a necessity. I mean, this is, this is an existential election for Israel right. because the, the Blue and White Party wants to go back to Oslo. The Blue and White Party, together with Lieberman, want to go back to Oslo. Um, they're going to join together with, whether it's the Arab parties or it's Meretz, and that, that uh, confederation of left-wing parties, and they're going to start talking about Oslo again. They're going to talk about what has failed miserably and led to thousands of deaths of Israelis and led to all sorts of political problems. They want to go back to that because they think that the way that Bibi's approach in the world hasn't worked. They're dead wrong. The way Bibi's approach the world has led to amazing things over the last couple of years, um, the last 10 years, but just some amazing, amazing developments. The fact that the U.S. recognized Jerusalem as a capital of Israel, the fact that the U.S. moved the embassy there and a bunch of other countries slowly but surely are going to follow, the fact that Israel lives in relative peace and security. Um, those are amazing developments that didn't exist in the Barack days. It didn't exist in the days of Perez. It exists in the days of Bibi Netanyahu. Right. And, and a percentage of people living in Israel, including some of the those with Russian background, are impressed with his uh, with his relationship with uh, the president of Russia. Uh, I know some yep. people are skeptical about it. Others wonder what value it has. But there are there are many. Who feel it is of importance? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's amazing. I also, as I said before, I think the relationship with the Indian Prime Minister and the relationship with the Chinese government officials, president, etc., right. are just amazing developments for a country like Israel. All right, the polls are always wrong because right now, you know, the polls basically have everybody even, basically the same results as last time around. Uh, the polls are always wrong. We know that. If one were to guess today. I'm sure you would guess in in the positive direction for BB that the polls are going to be wrong and he'll end up with more than most people suspect. Please God. Yeah, but it's not just a hope. You but you mean that from an analysis standpoint as well. The way things exactly. are going. Exactly. I think the Israeli electorate sees right. sees now the difference. It's not just Benny Gantz. That's the whole point. Is that you know they put Benny Gantz's face out there because they want to calm the public and make sure that they see that they've got a general at the head of the party. This is a rotating system with Lapid, who's anti-religious, who's pro-Oslo. This is him as a leader of, of this, uh, this alternative. You can't go in that direction um, and feel safe and secure. I think that Israel has to go in the direction of Likud because it's just necessary for the safety and security of the country.
Phil Rosen, he's uh, vice chair of the Republican Jewish Coalition, at one time was uh, chair of Likud USA, plus, of course, he's a board member at Yeshiva University and vice chair now of Birthright. And by the way, just a word before I let you go, Phil, it is amazing to watch. Uh, we know the peaks and valleys of effective Jewish organizations and how, you know, sometimes the, the valleys do not lead back to other peaks, but look what Birthright has done, staying in the incredible position in our community worldwide that they continue to maintain. It's pretty amazing. Birthright is a game changer for the Jewish community. Um, beyond any organization, beyond any cause, beyond anything, because what it does is it reverses or changes some of the horrible statistics that are affecting our people, meaning 73% into marriage outside of orthodoxy, all sorts of other things that are pushing Jews in the direction of leaving Judaism, leaving connection with Judaism, connection with Israel, and Birthright brings them back. And we've had enormous success, 750,000 people so far. And then, you know, just an unbelievable track record of success. So I thank you very much for putting that in. Yeah. I also want to say that all of my opinions are my own opinion, right. um, not any of the organizations. I just want to make sure that people know that I'm not speaking on behalf of any of the organizations that you mentioned, thank God. Correct. And also we should mention that uh, at cocktail parties, you are willing to speak about other things other than Likud politics. <laughs> exactly, I do. Thank <laughs> and you. other than birthright in NYU. So. <laughs> thank you, Phil. Thank you. Phil no. Rosen, everybody. The election is Tuesday. No joke. And I bet you Phil's going to speak to the prime minister after Tuesday's election. Will he be telling him Mazal Tov on a resounding victory? Or will he be telling him, oh, I wish things would have gone better? Be interesting to watch and to find out and to see what happens. This coming Tuesday, the election in the state of Israel, uh, we will finally have the answer to all of these questions. Well, I shouldn't say that. Some elections, as we know in Israel, end without any answers. But we hopefully will have some answers to all these questions coming up uh, in the middle part of next week. More coming up here. Keep it here on a Thursday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. <laughs> <laughs> 